Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? I just came to say goodbye. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. amigos and welcome to another episode of not another socks podcast i am jack webster here with matt galveo and matt lebeau uh yeah still locked out here uh but uh you know still got some news going on fellas yeah no exactly um still locked out um you know we're now entering the uh the dead of winter here with the uh single digit temperatures um so yeah it, it's getting pretty brutal right now but um you know we're uh we're definitely um you know looking forward to uh you know what news we could uh potentially have you know in the next few weeks or so um you know as we get closer to that spring training date so uh yeah the next couple of weeks are definitely going to be telling but uh you know it's going to be uh something that we're i think all of us are definitely looking forward to for sure yeah it's uh it's very cold um so that's uh that's pretty much my update yeah. cold yeah no it's, um, it's cold uh, somebody that has come from the south um i had never seen uh single digit weather zero degree weather negative degree weather until i moved up here and it really makes me question life until i see that dc shuts down its highways essentially once there's two inches of snow so yeah that was it. wild yeah. yeah that was wild where is that kind of I mean, that's obviously how you grew up. I mean, you did you have was there a lot of that when you were like growing up where they would just like shut like everything down? No, it's gotten worse. I swear to God, because like we get snow there. It's not like we don't get snow, but they nobody knows how to react. Nobody knows how to drive. At least people up here, it might seem bad, but like people will actually move on the highway just because yeah. there's snow on the ground. It it honestly unbelievable. People only leave their house there just in the snow to get chick-fil-a that's it pretty yeah when i I, i'll tell you when i traveled cross country um i saw more signs for chick-fil-a than anything like mcdonald's burger king like anything there's so many freaking chick-fil-a's in the south in the midwest it was absolutely insane i've never seen anything like it except for your local dunkin donuts well it's like yeah it's, it's like dunkin donuts a little bit yeah yeah that's the best thing to compare it to because I think there's more Dunkin' locations here, but they're, like, small. With the Chick-fil-A, it's like, dude, there's, like, five in one town. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's wild. And they're all, like, sizable restaurants, and they're all doing, like, really well. Was it yeah, like exactly. that? Like, you can have a mini Dunkin' in, like, an airport. Or, or like, a gas like station. You're not going to have, yeah. like, Chick-fil-A there. Dude, exactly. imagine how fire that would be if you had, like, a Chick-fil-A at, like, a gas station, dude. That would be pretty sick. <laughs> Wow, it, dreaming big. Wow. Yeah. That, 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 that would be dope. That'll never happen in New England, though, because all the freaking gas stations have Dunkins in them. That's Dude, true. There's, on Mineral Spring in North Providence, right? I travel there every single day of my life. There are six Dunkin' Donuts on that one street. Yep. And you can ask anyone that's from North Providence, ask Jared. Yeah. A fellow, a friend of the show, and a former co worker. Um, he grew up right off Mineral Spring. Ask him. There's six Dunkin' Donuts, and have him count them, and he will count them, and that's accurate. It's disgusting. Uh, I'm actually pretty sure Boston just opened up its uh, first Chick-fil-A, though. They did. Yep, <clears throat> I did see that. I don't did know how Bo- they're going to handle the volume. 
that 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 place must be just banged out. There there wasn't uh, a Chick Fil A in. I didn't know that there that there wasn't a Chick Fil A in Boston at all. So I didn't know that either. I just saw that like last week that they opened their yeah. first one. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. unreal. Uh, I believe it was Mayor Menino that was just like, now nah, they're homophobic. They're just not coming to Boston. And now that's kind of just thrown out the window because Chick-fil-A sauce is really good. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. There used to – well, there, there was a Popeye's right right outside Fenway, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then it got shut down. Yeah. yeah. There's also yeah. a Raisin Cane's, which if, if you've never been to Raisin Cane's, that place does absolutely fuck. Yeah, I've never been there before, but I heard they got good tenders for sure. They got the tendies. They got the tendies on deck. Yep. Speaking okay. of tendies, Tuka Rask is back. This is another yeah. podcast. But... Yeah, yeah, not, not no. another Bruins podcast. No, he, he's a he's a big Sox guy, though. He He's always at Fenway. Really? Is yeah, he? He, he's like always at Fenway, either for Sox games or like concerts. Like, I know he's a big Sox guy for sure. He's always he's always at a few games during the season. And then uh, he's always hitting up Fenway for like different concerts. He was actually at a concert this past summer like right after he got hip surgery he was like on crutches like in the middle of the crowd oh i did i did just see like yeah, yeah i did see that yeah just in the middle of the crowd yeah he's a big fenway guy like in general he loves he loves fenway that's good yeah, we should get him on the pot yeah we should yeah he just yeah. got a sponsorship from bud light not a big deal bud light yeah just get him a taste <laughs> bud light and yep. that'll be it uh bud light if you're listening uh feel free to sponsor us as well yes yeah exactly but uh yeah no we, we did get some big news obviously um or we got you know uh we had a big episode last week um you know talking about our boy uh you know dio don arcillo um last week which is huge got a we got great traction from that episode um you know a lot of new listeners followers um you know on twitter and everything like that and um it was great i mean that was a definitely a you know we want to obviously thank everybody that that listened and liked and shared and and you know promoted the uh the episode because obviously that was um you know the best one that we've done so far which was it was great it was great to see that uh you know, a lot of people enjoyed it, um, and especially Do himself. Um, you know, with the with the retweet there, which was awesome. So shout out to him, for sure. Yeah, uh, much appreciated, everyone that obviously listened. That was definitely our biggest episode yet. Uh, we're hoping to, to bring a lot of more of those. Um, you know, fun. Uh, I guess niche, quirky episodes um, for you in the future, especially in the off season. Not only the off season, but this is the most boring off season that you can have. Um, so we're definitely going to probably be doing that every other week or so. Um, and you know, with everyone that, that is, you know, new to our show and new to us in general, if you have any critiques, any advice, anything that you kind of want to hear from us moving forward, you know, we don't have any ego. So it's, it's important to, uh, to remember we're, we're kind of at the beginning of our journey. So we're, this is going to be our 12th episode. Um, you know, we've grown a really nice following within those first 12 episodes more than I thought we would. Um, but it doesn't stop there. You know, you got to continue to change the formula and, um, have some fun, you know, continue to keep it fresh. So if anyone has anything, definitely throw it our way. That's what we're all about. DMs are open. Yeah. They're open. Uh, I'm just going to state for the record. I do have an ego and I will not take any criticism. Very well. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I, I think what we're doing is perfectly fine. If you don't like it, um, I'm sorry. Um, but no, it was great to get a shout out from Don Arcillo there. And, you know, just even knowing that he listened and enjoyed it, uh, really, you know, is, uh, something that you can't even imagine from like your childhood. So just personally, like it just meant a lot to us that he listened to us and, 
you know, hopefully one day we can even get him on the podcast. Yeah, I I, I think he'd be down for that, um, for sure. Maybe maybe sometime this offseason or, um, you know, whenever, whenever we can, um, you know, get him on would be great. But I think he would be down to come on for sure. So I, th- I think he enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, he, he said he got a lot of a lot of laughs from it and a lot of, um, you know, memories that, you know, he was able to uh, kind of reminisce on. And it was great. No, I, I, I really it was it was awesome that he was able to listen and, um, you know, give us that feedback. So that was that was great. It was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. We'd love to have uh, Dio on, the last great Red Sox announcer, and then we'd love to have Mike Monaco on, the next great Red Sox announcer. So, yes. um, <laughs> Nesson, if you're listening, just announce Mike Monaco as the uh, full-time play-by-play announcer. That'd be great. So With- I think one of my favorite parts about the Don Arcillo shout-out is he tagged the Red Sox, and he also tagged Nesson in it after we shit on them for like <laughs> yeah, half yeah. an hour straight about Dave O'Brien. So you know somebody over there is just like, okay, like this is a Don Arcillo episode. I'm sure there's a lot of Red Sox fans. So chances are somebody from Nesson Li- actually yeah. listened to our podcast and uh, – and, Knew how much everybody fucking hated Nesson, including Don Orsillo. You yeah. have not tagged Nesson if we were uh, positive about them there. Yeah, that that some really like, is that really is the best part. That is some, absolutely fucking awesome. Some like poor intern was like listening to us, like taking notes, and had to give it to his boss. You know, and uh, Jim, get in here. <laughs> it's literally what it was, though. <laughs> so we have some customer feedback. <laughs> From Don Orsillo <laughs> and Dave O'Brien. That, that and was Dave awesome. O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we did get an update on the Finnegan's Rainbow Gate, though. Oh yes. So yeah, Jack. I, I went back and watched the highlight, and it turns out the pitcher's name is Finnegan, which nobody even was thinking about the National Scrub Triple A pitcher that was on the mound then. So the fact that it just blew over everybody's head just still makes it a bad call. It, it was it's it's still an absolutely terrible call, regardless of uh, the pitcher's name. Um, I, I will give him, I guess, maybe a, a little less hate for the call, but still incredibly stupid. No right. excuses for that in the biggest moment of the uh, the biggest regular season moment in, I guess, what? Like Mookie's Grand Slam against yeah. uh, that. What Jeez, was that against yeah. Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. Or was that against the Yankees? No, or, that was against the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember that moment specifically. It was like just, you know, another night in the middle of the summer, like fourth inning, like. That that call is just so or not called that moment is just so unforgettable because of the year that it was. Yeah. But like Devers, that's an all time Red Sox moment given the situation. Yeah. Right. And you had you had Eckersley like you know saying like, I'm telling you it's time to party yeah. like that was that's what made that like really special. But <clears throat> in terms of importance, that was the Devers home run was so important and so huge. And to come out with that slop is yeah. just embarrassing. Can you imagine yeah. what would have happened if we lost that game against the Nationals and then had to go into Yankee Stadium? Like, I know it's still Garrett Cole and he's a choker, but yeah, having it that game be at Fenway just really made all the difference. Oh, for sure. It's huge. You, you mean we would have had to kill Bronxy in his own house? Exactly. In Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Fenway is the house that Bronxy died. Forever. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's not coming back. No. No. No, don't I don't believe think so. any Bronxy CIA doppelgangers. Yeah. Yeah, I know. 
can't. We can't have that. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, we had some, some news today in the, um, in the hall of fame world. Um, it was released that, uh, Dan Shaughnessy, uh, submitted his ballot, um, with just, uh, Jeff Kent there, um, you know, uh, checked off on his list. Um, so not a great look on Dan Shaughnessy. I think he was the only Boston Globe, uh, writer that actually didn't vote for, uh, Dave Ortiz, um, which obviously says a lot. So, um, you know, he, he's uh, he's definitely uh, Shaughnessy isn't really, you know, a, a fan or people in Boston aren't really a fan of Shaughnessy. Um, you know, he's taken a lot of criticism because he's had a lot of, um, you know, dumb things that, he, you know, takes and and whatnot throughout the years, um, you know, writing, uh, you know, covering the Red Sox. So just uh, another, you know, tough look uh, for Shaughnessy. Yeah, I don't know how you can be a Red Sox beat reporter for however many years now 20 plus easy and not vote for the single greatest clutch hitter and probably most important player in your franchise's history like you have to have like an actual vendetta against the dude to not vote for your own hometown chapter uh you know hall of famer that's it there it's there's obviously his reasoning behind it and he's never gonna announce it but it just fits Dan Shaughnessy to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his reasoning is that he's just bitter and he just likes pissing people off. And like uh, there was a tweet from Caravas and he was like, oh, I respect Shaughnessy for being unapologetically like, you know, himself and like an asshole or whatever. Like, that's not it, though. He's not doing it to be like different. He's doing it because he's bitter and it must suck to be, you know, one of the most um well-known, respected sports writers in Boston, which is the best sports town in the world. And, you know, to cover the Red Sox as a beat writer and to make a ton of money doing it and still to get zero fucking bitches. And that's really the issue. He's just bitter. <laughs> he's an ugly old fucking man. And he really is. He, he's just a he's piece of a shit. Pro. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, he's fucking shank. He's the worst. And I know these these are some pretty harsh words, but he really is. He is just like he's a waste of space, and I really could care less about him. Um, again, David Ortiz meant so much to the organization. You know, uh, world championships, uh, clutch hits. You know, just greatest designated hitter of all time, greatest clutch hitter of all time. And you covered the guy, and he didn't get your vote. Not only that, but he voted for one guy, and it was Jeff. Yeah. That's just a just a middle finger, and it's just literally saying to, for, to the to the people of Boston that paid his salary by reading his columns year after year, his slop because he's yeah. a fucking slob. That it's just a it's just a big middle finger, it's just a big f you to all those people that actually paid his salary. Yeah, with so all fuck. those subscriptions too to the Globe. Yep. Well, not, let's not forget who owns the Globe, the yeah. Red Sox. The yeah, Red right. Sox own the Globe. And I think this is fireable, to be honest. Like, how are you not going to vote David Ortiz as a linked employee of the team? Honestly, like, that'd be like if someone from Nesson got a vote and didn't vote for David Ortiz. It's a joke. How can you call yourself a, a professional in the sports uh, world, in, in the journalism industry, and have zero justification for not voting for, all right, fine, don't vote for Ortiz because maybe he was a designated hitter. Don't vote for him maybe because he had a, a steroid thing, like he showed up on like a list once. Um, 
But to only vote for Jeff Kent, like I said, is the nail in the coffin. It's the middle finger. It's like yeah, you, you look like an idiot. Right. There's so many other guys on that ballot. You could have said, well, I don't think maybe Ortiz isn't worthy, but I think maybe Schilling is or, um, you know, Bonds or Clemens or, or any of those guys. So it's, he's just a clown. He really is. Even Scott Rowland. I don't understand how you can vote for Jeff Kent and not Scott Rowland. If you have, you know, no steroid guys, a hard stance on that. And, right. you know, other guys like Kurt Schilling, he's his own kind of island there. Um, but I will give Dan Shaughnessy credit for looking exactly the way his personality is, which is just like a fucking loser. Yeah. I mean, you have to, like, really be committed to having uh, curly hair like that into, like, your- <laughs> 50s and still just having terrible takes like he's exactly what you imagine he would look like if you've never seen his face before and just read his stuff you'd be like oh yeah without even seeing a picture that's dan shaughnessy just because he looks like a fucking idiot yeah he his hairstyle looks like uh, that background that you got, Jack, for the people that are watching on YouTube. Uh, yep. the You know, the Rob Manfred clown fro right there. And we'll get to that clown, too. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. But another freaking just clown. I mean, yeah. Manfred's just, I think his issue is just stupidity, and we'll get to him. Yeah. Shaughnessy is not a dumb person by any no. means. He's very intellectual. And his he's an excellent columnist, which right. it, that even more the reason why it pisses me off so bad. Because, you know, there's guys that, I mean, we we do this for fun, right? But we all want it to be in sports media, baseball media, maybe follow a team around, write for that team, maybe be a beat writer, right? That's a cool job. That's, dude, that's like, that's the the pinnacle of sports journalism. And to fucking come out with that slop and to be a fucking slob, the slob that he is with that curly hair is just disgusting. It's disgusting. And it's a slap in the face to everyone that actually cares about journalism about writing about sports about baseball it really is it, it really does piss me the fuck off and it just it, it, in the credibility factor too like you kind of lose you lose a lot of credibility by doing that especially you know a guy like Shaughnessy who's covered the team for years covered Boston sports for years um and like you said LeBeau he's not a dumb person either like you know he's he's a good he's a good writer he's a you know he's covered the team for many years as well and you know to do that I mean for me, you know, you you definitely lose a lot of respect for for that guy, and he loses a lot of your credibility for sure going forward. Because I mean, that just stuff like this and and what happened today just obviously can't happen. Yeah, and, and the other the other piece is um, he you know he invented he coined the the phrase "curse of the Bambino." That was his yeah. thing, and that was recognized nationally. That was recognized oh, internationally. Yeah. And maybe he's a little spiteful to David Ortiz for ending the curse of the Bambino. I don't yeah. know. That may that like would be his only reasonable thing, being like, "Well, this guy ruined my career." Yeah, he fucking ruined your career because you made your career off of hating the Red Sox and and just trying to piss people off in this region. He's such a clown. I think he said it well there. I mean, he literally just tries to get a reaction out of it. And I don't think that should be somebody who's has a Hall of Fame vote in honestly the most prestigious um, Hall of Fame in all of sports. Like there's nothing like Cooperstown and to waste your vote just because of yourself is just unbelievable. And I mean, It just shows the whole system of Hall of Fame voting needs to be completely revamped. For sure. If you want to play devil's advocate, you know, at the sixth grade lunch table with your friends eating your fucking chicken nuggets, dude, that's one thing. Like, that's fine. But you're impacting people's careers, people's lives. 
Um, to have people's a Hall legacies, of Fame vote, really. yeah, people's legacies. To have a Hall of Fame vote and determine who gets into the Hall of Fame, and you just want to play devil's advocate because you know you got turned down at a bar for forty-five years. Like, dude, grow the fuck up. You really are. You're you're so so embarrassing. He gets no bitches, like you said. He gets no bitches. Yeah. Uh, and on the other end of the interviewing spectrum, we have um, uh, Japanese legend Koji Uehara. <laughs> yes. Oh, and just uh, one last uh, David Ortiz um, nugget here. Um, this was from earlier this morning. Um, there's 150 ballots that have been submitted, about 40%. And uh, David Ortiz is there at 83.4%. Uh, so looking good for it's looking good for Poppy so far. Yeah, does look like he's going to get in. No, I mean, even if it's not this year, maybe uh, definitely by next year. Uh, when, you know, the bout's a little bit more cleared up, there's a lot of guys leaving. So I think he still does get in this year, and I would actually kind of be surprised if he doesn't at this point, but he will get in eventually. It's But it is kind of cool having that first ballot Hall of Fame on your uh, career resume. And it'd be very fitting for a guy like David Ortiz. He it, he definitely does deserve it if he, if he does get in this year. But, uh, yeah, as you were saying, Jack, uh, moving on to uh, Koji here. Yes, yeah, so um, obviously Koji's friends with, you know, a lot of the uh, MPB players that are over there and apparently has his own, you know, kind of web show that he hosts with somebody else where he had Seiya Suzuki on. And first thing he asked them is, who are you signing with? And then followed that up with, it's Boston, right? <laughs> uh, is there any way we can actually uh, play the clip right now? Yeah, we'll play it. I'll put okay. that in there. いや、いや、そう、奥さんとのなれそめはどうなの?そこ、そこですか。そう、でも、ボストン行くんでしょいや。いや、これ、これね、今結構ね、まだ、まだちょっとね、あの、ちょっと焼けてる感じですよね。ま
But there's still, you know, a lot of ways this team can improve, um, you know. And I think one thing that people are forgetting about is just all the hypothetical trades that are, uh, you know, going to happen immediately after the lockout ends eventually. And so we're going to see a lot of moving pieces and it's going to happen, you know, pretty quick after that lockout ends because guys are going to start reporting to camp and, you know, just going to want to sign somewhere. Oh yeah, it's gonna, <clears throat> it's definitely gonna be uh, interesting for sure as to as to what happens. And uh, you know, shout out to uh, to Koji for uh, getting the Boston pump in there for uh, uh, for Suzuki. So that'll be uh, you know, shout out to Koji for uh, you know the Boston shout out there. And hopefully he uh, you know sways Suzuki's decision to uh, for get into Boston for sure because obviously Koji's beloved here. So um, you know, we'll add a uh, another good uh, you know Japanese talent to the roster here in Boston. No, Koji's huge over there i mean to i think he was the first japanese pitcher to be on the mound when their team won the world series so that means a lot for them over there yeah that picture of him celebrating you know world series in fenway park is um you know forever etched into the the brains of everyone that plays baseball in japan and obviously it, 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 it's going to be in the same category for suzuki so um that doesn't mean that there's not going to be a lot of competition. You can look at every successful franchise or organization and say they've had, you know, good Japanese players, um, you know, with the Yankees, with Matsui, uh, who really kind of seems like his kind of comparison uh, besides not being left handed. Um, you have the Mariners with Ichiro, you know, the list goes on. So uh, I think it's just going to come down to who offers him the most money. And yep. the Red Sox can definitely offer him a lot of money. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't think the Yankees are look like they're going to spend. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. But the Yankees can get them, too. So. Right. There's, yeah, and there's a lot of just, uh, still out. Uh, they're ahead. just going to re-sign Brett Garner and uh, Andrelton Simmons and call it an offseason. Yep. You know, uh, because they, they've just accepted the league is caught up to them. Yep. Caught up. League's caught up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. League's caught up to a team that hasn't won since 2009. Sick. Great take. <laughs> but uh, we, we uh, you know, kind of touched on it a little bit here. But Bowman, obviously, you know, tweeting out the Red Sox have interest in him. I think he's a guy that, you know, a lot of us, he was almost so big that he was off our radars almost. But you, I'm sorry, you're talking about Correa? Yeah, yes. Uh, sorry, Carlos Correa. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And I mean, you would have to probably move Xander Bogarts over to second base, but that would, yeah, no, just um, <clears throat> be almost a franchise altering move. Right. And it's and it's right when, um, you know, when the season ended there and free agency, you know, started, um, obviously a lot of the news was that Correa was going to wind up with Detroit and that's pretty much where he was going to end up that's what everybody thought um and then obviously that didn't happen um you know Javi Baez ends up going there um and so that kind of just changed everything and then nothing really happened then the lockout started and I feel like it's kind of it's kind of really anyone's game um for Correa now which is which is great I mean and if the Sox are you know somehow able to land him obviously that's a huge bat in your lineup um, you know, great defensively at the shortstop position as well um and if you shift you know Xander over to second which obviously he's um, you know, he's able to do, and, you know, he's, you know, mentioned that, you know, he would do, um, you know, in the future here. I mean, you know, that, that bolsters your lineup going into this season. Yeah. I mean, we know there's, there's two teams that aren't going to get, uh, Correa, which is the Tigers and the Rangers. Yeah. Everyone else is on the table besides obviously the, the low market teams that aren't going to spend, but any team that has money to spend, 
they're going to kick the tires on them. You know, um, I, I would say that it seems like the market is forming for the Red Sox um, very positively, which means that it's also forming for the Yankees because the Yankees have a gaping hole at shortstop. And yep. they're not going to let him go quietly to the Boston Red Sox. That's right. for sure. Um, and really, you know, I, I feel like that's eh, I don't want to say that's it. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bidding war between the Red Sox and the Yankees, which, you know, good old fashioned. Love that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I could see it. I don't know if I like it because that means one of two things is going to happen. It means that if the Red Sox win, then they're going to end up giving out the largest contract in team history. If they lose, well, that means the Yankees will have Carlos Correa. So yeah. it's um, I would say it's a kind of a it's kind of a tough situation, but it's, a, I guess, a good problem to have. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, watch him end up with the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> Jack's just putting that in the universe right now. Yeah, no, Ben Charrington's got it. He was a known uh, a person to sign huge free agent contracts and uh, definitely just trade away uh, all of his prospects. He's very well known for doing <laughs> both of those things. <laughs> Please credit uh, NAS podcast when uh, Correa signs with the Pirates. Yes. Yeah. If um, if Carlos Correa's name was Justin Masterson and he wanted nine million dollars a year, then I would say the Pirates are the front runners for sure. Uh, do you remember how much hype Justin Masterson had? Like, I believe he was traded for Victor Martinez back in like what oh nine or yep. or so, and like he was supposed to be the next huge thing, and then surprise, surprise, he just ended up being a career fourth starter with like a four seventy eight ERA and um, no strikeouts. So yeah, and uh, then he came back to the Red Sox and he uh, he failed miserably. That was the he's the ace year. Yeah, didn't we just talk about that 2015 team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was last episode, 2015. Yeah, we'll get to that at the end here. I'm hoping for um, either just one of the like worst years or like one of the uh, like a World Series year. I agree. We've had. Yeah, I don't think we've we've had had a World Series year yet. No, we've had had two very in the middle years that with 02 and 05, and then we did. Are you sure we did 2015, or did we just like talk about that for a little bit? Oh, maybe we didn't. No, yeah, I don't think think so. We only had 02 and 05. That's right. That's actually right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Jack. I know. I'm going crazy. (laughs) I really think a lot about that 2015 Red Sox team. Me too. Yeah. I I think whenever you're coming off a down year, you're just like, which 2014 was. I think you're just really hyped for the next year. And the way the Red Sox handled it was so bad that it just was like, you know, you were excited about it, but it was just a horrible year. 2016 was great. You want to just do uh, the random year now? Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. We we got some other topics, but we're in no rush. Spin that wheel. So from zero to 21, today's number is a zero. So 2000. We're getting a lot of early years here so far. Yeah, we're getting them out of the way. We're going back, back in time. Way back. Way back. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, that's uh, Pedro's year. Sox um, finished uh, second in the AL East, 85-77 record. <clears throat> 2000. Okay. Okay. I mean, decent lineup. Oh, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, decent lineup. I kind of like it. Kind of forgot Jimmy Williams was the pitcher. Yeah, Dante yep. Bichette, nice piece there. Yeah. Only played 30 games. Looks like a late late season acquisition. Yeah, Dauber over at first. Jose Offerman had an exceptional year. That was okay. Nomar, Troy O'Leary, Carl Everett, Dron Nixon, decent outfield. 
I thought I for some reason thought uh, Jose Canseco was on that team, but that must have been a different year. Um, nope, nope. You got Lou Merloni. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, Izzy Alcantara. I remember watching him in Pawtucket. <laughs> he was the guy Wasn't that Izzy Alcantara, the guy that yeah, he uh, dropped kicked the catcher. Yeah, he yeah, he dropped kicked, kicked the, the catcher. catcher. Yep. All, all time uh, sports flip moment. Yep, it really is. And I used to watch, dude. He was my favorite player in Pawtucket. He used to drop bombs in AAA. John Valentin, Utility, Lou Merloni, Mike Lansing, Mike Stanley, Scott Hatterberg, Moneyball Legend, playing catcher at the time. He didn't know yeah. how to play first base quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Washington hadn't taught him yet. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously the thing that stands out most about this team is Pedro's um, second consecutive Cy Young Award and probably should have been uh, MVP that year where uh, he had a 174 ERA over 217 innings, um, 284 strikeouts, only 32 walks, an ERA plus of 291 so just absolutely unbelievable that year. So I, I have a, my theory about the the Red Sox teams from '99 to well, I was actually like '98 to 2002. Is I think they probably would have been a lot better and more successful if it weren't for the Yankees. The Yankees were in like their prime run, which that was the 2000 was right. the last year they won. The, that was their their third World Series in a row. But the Red Sox had really good teams in the late 90s, in 2000, in 2001. Unbelievable pitching, uh, great bullpen. Jimmy Williams, good manager. I think that those teams would have been a lot more successful. But, dude, I mean, you play the Yankees 25 times, and these, these Yankee teams won 104, 105 games every single year, and then they you know, blew everyone out in the playoffs. It was like, I mean, how can you compete with that? You just yeah, can't. It's tough to compete when your rival is just absolutely loaded from top to bottom. Right. You know, pitching, lineup, you know, you name it. That's really how the Yankees must feel now that we've spanked them in the playoffs <laughs> so many times and have actually won World Series <laughs> within the last decade or so. So, I mean, I know we talked about this, you know, plenty of times now, but we're their daddies now, and it's nice to be uh, on top. The roles it, are reversed. It really is. It's, it's actually really comparable. Like, if you look at it, the Red Sox have won three championships you know, in the span of the Yankees having one, and then just before they won one in 04. So, I mean, you know, or yeah, so four championships and the Yankees having one. And then, yeah, I mean, the Yankees, the last time the Yankees obviously were uh, a team that you feared in back to back years was probably like 99 and 2000. You know, well, 2001, they were really good. And then, you know, they kind of fell off a little bit. They still had good teams, but they just they were kind of just like holding on to a lot of old players. No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, they did have that championship team in 09 where they just threw money on a team and, and you know, it ended up working out for them. But it wasn't that same kind of mystique. I mean, obviously, you got like CC Sabathia there and you still had Derek Jeter and uh, uh, Alex Rodriguez and everything. But it wasn't those like late 90s teams where it was, you know, almost a given that they were going to win a World Series. But no, I mean, uh, decent year there uh, for the Sox. They're like they were still in that limbo where you see a lot of those pieces that were on the 04 team. But uh, it wasn't quite there, just didn't really have uh, the same management. And um, honestly, uh, the kind of thing that really drove them to that 04 championship was they did embrace analytics a little little bit more they're one of the first clubs to do that i think that was the 
really just a missing piece of some of those early 2000 teams. Yeah, for sure. You're probably right. For sure. Um, yeah. What else we got? Um, uh, Rob Manfred is uh, very fragile and uh, yes. let go. Probably the best reporter um, in TV right now in uh, Ken Rosenthal. Yeah, just um, very. Like you said it best, Jack. Um, you know, just a really, really tough look for for Rob Manfred. I mean. Um, you know, Ken Rosenthal is one of the, you know, the great reporters, him, Buster only, you know, those are the guys that you think of when you think of, you know, the media and the MLB, um, you know, Ken Rosenthal is obviously a legend. Um, he had some criticism on Rob Manfred, which is fine. I mean, if you're, you know, you're reporting, uh, baseball, if you had some, if you have some criticism about, um, you know, the commissioner, that's to me, that's fine. You should be able to, you should be able to have conversations, um, you know, about the commissioner or about, you know, whatever's going on in, in the league, um, around the league, you should be able to have conversations about it. Um, you know, you should, you know, Hey, I have criticism on, on whatever he's doing at the moment. And, you know, you should be able to have that back and forth, have a conversation, but Rob Manfred, um, obviously he's not very privy to it. So he booted, um, Ken Rosenthal, which sucks because he's, he's again, such a great reporter and very well known, you know, throughout baseball. So it's just tough. Yeah, it, it it really is. It's um it's such a pussy move from Manfred uh to let go of a guy like Rosenthal, which Ken Rosenthal will still have a, a very very successful career with you know his own work that he does. Um, but you look at a guy like take Adam Schefter for example, right? Adam Schefter, um, his craft that he you know how he modeled his job after, which is the scoops, those instant tweets. Um, you know, having a lot of different perspectives on different networks. Um, he got that from Ken Rosenthal. I mean, Rosenthal wrote the book on how to be a modern like sports journalist. I mean, he is yeah. like he's like the Michael Jordan of um, of like the like the scoop journalism. Like you, you have so many guys trying to break news nowadays. Right. That's like what kind of sports journalism is. Yeah. Um, and Rosenthal does it better than literally anyone in the sports world. So. I mean, for MLB Network to lose that because of uh, some mild criticism is just, I, I mean, it really is. It's pathetic. It's so pathetic. And it wasn't even something recent. It, this was over uh, the 2020 uh, suspension from uh, COVID when he had some, you know, just valid critiques of, you know, uh, a very high possibility of there not being a season due to a labor dispute and not even uh, COVID concerns. So, I mean, it was very legitimate and he wouldn't have been doing his job for the athletic, not even MLB right. network. If he didn't talk about a lot of these issues that were going on, he has an a lot of actual readers, which uh, sometimes you forget about, you know, the, they're not just Twitter personalities. They do actually write. Yeah. They're not just furries. No, no Tony, the tiger. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was a popular uh, segment there. Yeah. Fuck Kellogg's though. Yeah. We could we could get us a Kellogg sponsorship though. So no, you just burn uh, that, you just burn that bridge. That. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean Ken, Ken Rosenthal's great for baseball, and like you said, Jack, um, you know he wouldn't be doing his job. I mean his his job is to report, um, and a lot of that is if he does have criticism, he should be able to um you know express that and you know I, I don't see an issue with that but obviously rob manfred does and he let him go which is terrible fucking dumb yeah and, and another thing kind of 
not to harp on Shaughnessy again because I already fucking ripped that ginger new asshole. Rob Manfred um, gets no. He peace. the day after, yeah. Well, Manfred doesn't, but that's because of stupidity again. Rob Manfred just can't talk to the girl at the bar. Shaughnessy can. He's just too ugly to pull her. Yeah. So, um, I, the, like the day after Rosenthal got fired for. Um, you know, for bad mouthing Manfred and the MLB, Shaughnessy came out with an article that said like, uh, John Henry is not like Rob Manfred. And for that, I'm thankful about like basically about how he's dogged the Red Sox for fucking 50 years. And, you know, the incense yeah. Red Sox ownership took over in 2001 that they haven't, um, you know, basically fired Shaughnessy because they yeah. own the Boston Globe. John yeah. Henry owns the Boston Globe. And so Sean was like, I'm thankful for that, whatever, whatever. And then he probably went out to dog him a little more. I didn't read that slop. But then he comes out and then he fucking doesn't vote for David Ortiz for the, the Hall of Fame. Like, <laughs> I mean, really, just like, just, <laughs> God damn it. Like, fuck you. No, and I mean, uh, it's actually so smart of John Henry to also own his haters. Like, <laughs> You're making money on both ends right there. That's honestly low-key great. That's like if you own the Red Sox and the Yankees or you own the um, Washington football team and the Cowboys, you're making money on both ends here. Yeah. No, it really is. It's – it's. I, I mean, they own Boston and they own the narrative. But I got to say, John Henry, he, I mean, he controls it a little bit, but he doesn't, like, go over the top. He's not, like like, a propaganda machine, you know. Maybe just like instead, maybe don't like get our hopes up for Anthony Renato and like, you know, fucking Lars Anderson. But and uh, other than that, like, you know, I mean, they're pretty they're pretty, I guess, OK when it comes yeah. to. Yeah. How, how they, do you they think don't LeBron really... James is going to handle uh, Dan Shaughnessy's uh, criticism of him moving forward? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually am interested to see that, Jack. Um, you know, we haven't heard anything about the uh, Hall of Fame ballot from LeBron James. So, um, you know, we're, st- we're still waiting on that. Hopefully, uh, you know, he releases a statement on his uh, Instagram story or something. And, um, you know, it is. It is Taco Tuesday, so he is a bit. He is a little bit busy, but um, you know, I'm sure we'll be hearing from him at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's LeBron James. Of course, he's gonna vote for uh, Barry Bonds and uh, Roger Clemens. He, I think, he's gonna have a nice ballot. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, I agree. LBJ, Le- LeBron James, big Le- David Ortiz guy. Uh, the Yankees actually did something cool. So they did. They yeah, did. Uh, yeah. They hired the uh, first uh, female full-time manager in baseball for the uh, low A uh, affiliate of theirs down on Tampa. I'm trying to find her name right now. Uh, Rachel uh, Balkovic. Yep. 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 That's her. Um, so yeah, she's going to be uh, managing that uh, low A ball, like you mentioned, Jack, which is which is cool. She'll be, um, you know, that the the full time manager there, which is it's great. Um, obviously, getting women involved um, in baseball and in the, in the managerial position, which is great uh, for the game. So um, obviously, it's going to you know attract a uh, a whole new audience for baseball as far as women and um, obviously the younger girls getting involved and in, in watching the sport and. 
So that's great. Obviously, good on the Yankees. We we like to dog them a lot on here, obviously for obvious reasons. But um, you know that that definitely was cool. And um, you know, obviously, it's uh, you know looking forward to seeing what she does there. So good on them for sure. Yeah, I uh, I hope she fails because I hate the Yankees. Uh, good, good for her. <laughs> really, uh, I, I hope yeah. she gets hired somewhere else. Really, right. uh, yeah. really, really proud to you know. Um, obviously, you know, been watching baseball my whole life, and um. I would say over the past 10 years, you know, you saw a shift of women getting into uh, media more, um, not just 10 years, but before that as well. And now it's good to see them actually getting into the coaching side because, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't need to have played uh, professional baseball to be able to coach someone. Um, Coachability and being able to coach is a skill that some people have and some people don't. Um, some players that hit 300 and maybe hit 40 home runs a year probably wouldn't make the best coaches. And some yeah. players maybe who never could make it past single A might make the, the best coaches of all time. So, right. uh, no, great for her. Hope she fails. Hope the, that she ruins the, the Yankees organization and hope that every player she manages at single A, their career is ruined because hating the Yankees is more important than equality. Say it with me. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's funny you mentioned some of the players down there because I saw so many Yankees fans mention uh, the number one prospect in baseball, Jason Dominguez, (laughs) is going to be in their high A ball for this upcoming year. So, I mean, uh, it's going to be kind of cool to see him go from like number 17 to number 53 to number 92 (laughs) and then just fall off the list and like make his major league debut and then signed with the Doosan Bears in Korea. So yep. I'm really excited about this Jason Dominguez um, a story arc that we're about to see over the course <laughs> of the next uh, seven to ten years. I think that if, if Dominguez is a bust, I think that that would be the final nail in the coffin for Yankees fans. I think you'd just see a lot of people just like disappear. Yeah. I truly think that like that would be they'd be like, All right, I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> and and Brett Gardner still playing center field. <laughs> yeah. Brett, <laughs> Brett, Brian Cashman's at the helm. Uh, nothing has changed. He's still just like going out and sleeping on the streets and climbing New York City skyscrapers <laughs> for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> the year is 2035. Brian Cashman might actually be homeless at that point. Yeah, that's <laughs> him. Him sleeping on the street is like practice. Right? <laughs> yeah, he put all of his money in oh, Bernie Madoff. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody said the Yankees were a poverty franchise, and then Brian Cashman went and slept on the street. Now it's <laughs> literally true. He is homeless. <laughs> Yeah, he couldn't afford his uh, New York City rent, but that's understandable. Yep. <laughs> He's living in I'm pretty closet. sure uh, Aaron Judge is, like, just getting enough arbitration in order to get, like, a single apartment over there. Yeah. Right. Aaron Judge can stop taking the subway from Brooklyn now. Yeah. He, well, you know he couldn't count on his uh, wife to drop him off at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> right, because she's a school teacher. She still has to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like uh, Jill Biden. Yeah. <laughs> they take the train in every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Um, 
There, there was a there was a cool uh, nugget on her though um, when she was working with the Astros in 2016. Um, she actually learned how to speak Spanish um, herself to better communicate with the uh, with the Hispanic uh, players on the team. So that was I thought that was pretty that was actually pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, I don't I don't think I could learn another language. Uh, that's why I do the Spanish word of the day. That's right. So that's little by little, I can manage the I think if I had to um, learn a new language, I definitely could. But um, yeah, to just do it voluntarily like to communicate with the players better is um yeah it's very noble and definitely respect that hope she fails uh one place she did manage was over in australia so she had to learn that language as well yeah uh but we actually did see um a first in um not affiliated ball but in professional baseball with genevieve uh beacom a 17 year old lefty who threw a scoreless inning for the uh, melbourne aces uh, about a week or so or ago. So that's definitely cool to see, you know. Um, I think our scouting report is she has a fastball that hits uh, 85 or so and a nice curveball to go along with that. So uh, I think we actually might see, you know, kind of more of a wave of not only, you know, uh, female managers and front office executives, uh, but, you know, possibly even players and not too distant of the future in at least, uh, you know, minor league baseball or overseas here in America. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool for sure. Um, there was a show that, what was that show that was on for like a season? Oh, a girl, yeah. She was, was like a rookie or something? No. Nah, no, I don't think so. She was a pitcher and. That for the Padres. Yeah. It was only on for one season. I remember it that. It was on for one season. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I should watch that. And I never did. And then it was over. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. Oh, it's just called Pitch. Pitch. There you go. Yeah. Yep. It's on 2016. It is on Hulu. Maybe I'll give that a watch tonight. Uh, I'm off uh, work tomorrow. So we'll see. Oh, nice. Here we go, Jack. Must be nice. You had today off. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I know we, we touched upon this, I think, a couple episodes ago with the um, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball broadcast. So. Um, yeah, they did. Uh, they they're bringing on um, Eduardo uh, Perez uh, to join the booth there, uh, former Reds player. Um, so, yeah, they're getting a little bit of a shakeup, which is good. Um, no Matt Vescursion, no A-Rod. Um, so, yeah, definitely a little bit of a shakeup for ESPN, which is going to be good. I'm looking forward to seeing the new broadcast for sure. Yeah, I think that the biggest um, the biggest thing is uh, A-Rod will be off the broadcast, which is completely fine with me. Um, I'm sorry, I missed that. Who's the play-by-play announcer? Is it going to be Vescursion or is it someone else? Uh, it's going to be Carl Ravage, uh, oh, Eduardo right. Perez, and David Cohn on yep. the uh, main broadcast. Okay. And then A-Rod's going to go over to uh, Manning Cast type thing with A-Rod Cast, whatever. With a Michael yeah, K. Michael K, yeah. Michael K. That's fucking horrible. That's dreadful. <laughs> I literally Who thought that was a good idea. Yeah, I'd rather you get mean you're not watch? than fucking watch that. Um, this, uh, yeah, that's absolutely horrible. Uh, I guess the biggest question is, will they do the stat, um, the stat cast simulcast yeah. thing? Uh, apparently, it's dead. Uh, Mike Petroselli, who was on a lot of the broadcast before, is very much hinted at it. I don't think they would do three simulcast of it. Right. Um, but that's actually why I like uh, David Cohn in 
the booth for the main broadcast is, you know, he was a former player, but um, he actually does know a lot about like the analytical side of things. And honestly, like he's a guy that could probably manage on a different team who would probably be better than Aaron Boone, to be honest, for the Yankees. But um, I think he's, you know, going to be a very nice ad. You've seen Carl Ravage on uh, baseball tonight there for a while and doing some broadcast. Same thing with Roberto Perez. But I think David Cohn's actually going to be a nice addition. He does a do uh, do a good job on the Yes Network, and uh, him doing Sunday Night Baseball also means that he's going to be less on the Yes Network now too. So yeah, and Cohn's uh, made his way you know around the majors, so he has a lot of different perspectives. Uh, obviously on the Royals, obviously the Mets, but the Yankees and the Red Sox as well. So played for a lot of different teams. Uh, the Blue Jays in there. So, um, yeah, it'll be great. I mean, I like Cone. He's good. Again, get a lot of different perspectives. Always good to have a pitcher's perspective. I feel right. like really they do make the best um, color commentators because the pitcher's perspective is uh, the perspective that I want, honestly. And that's why Eckersley is so good. That's why um, John Smoltz is good. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, Michael K is not bad either. I mean, he's been doing it in New York for a while. So the Yes Network could be worse in terms of their broadcasters. And I'm sure, you know, Yankees fans would have agreed for the long time with uh, Don Orsillo and uh, Jerry Remy in the booth that it was not a bad product either. Yeah. So um, they're going to get a little bit of a shakeup on their end, too. They're going to have to, you know, fill some of those gaps. Uh, are really RIP to the Statcast. I, I did I did enjoy that. So that does suck that that's gonna go. Um, I I, I watched the that wild Red Sox Yankee wildcard game from this past season on the Statcast. Could because I could not listen to A Rod and Matt Vasgersian there. And um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Obviously, it sucks, but uh, they're not gonna run three three simulcasts there. But yeah, right. RIP RIP to the uh, Statcast. Yeah. And, and three would be a lot. That's why you kind of just assumed that the Statcast was gonna go. Uh, when they announced the broadcast, yeah. uh, which is, is yeah. just a fucking dreadful idea in itself. I, uh, so are they going to run it exactly like the the Manning cast for Monday Night Football? Who cares? Nobody's going to watch. <laughs> no. Who's watching this? No. <laughs> yeah. It, honestly, everyone hates A-Rod, right? And then Yankee fans, also, most of them hate A-Rod. So some of them like him, but most of them hate him. Therefore, you are really like honing in on a very, very small portion of the baseball audience. Right. He's not Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's like the most likable guy in sports. Yeah, he he's really on is. fucking SNL. He's on commercials. He's a sweet guy. You know, like he's just a even nice e- guy. Eli as well too. Yeah, and Eli's, Eli's just like dr- kind of dry, funny, yeah. and like he kind of like and Manning's like you know the personality, but he's a nice guy. A Rod is a sociopath, and everyone like he's not fooling anyone. Like he's not. It's just it'll be. It'll be a disaster for one, Red Sox. One year. For Red Sox Yankee games, they should have Ben Affleck on there. Yeah, yes. Affleck and A Rod. That'd be yeah. hilarious. <laughs> now, I'm sure they'll do, you know, their dumb player interviews, and Alex Rodriguez is going to ask them uh, very awkward questions in the booth. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I said, I don't think anybody's actually going to continuously watch this. They probably just had to keep A Rod under contract and said that he can do the games but didn't want him on the actual main broadcast right. that people are watching so it's a demotion for him for sure i know he gets his own show but he's going to be on espn 8 the ocho now yeah <laughs> exactly oh it's definitely a demotion it's he'll be definitely doing, a demotion he'll be doing manning casts of uh you know cornhole nah, competitive ski ball <laughs> competitive tag which is crazy actually saw that a few weeks ago that's unbelievable i've never seen that before in my life 
competitive tag is unreal. That is, that's ridiculous. He'll uh, join Gary Thorne calling some cool bowling moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a strike you you are, to, I am. A strike to claim it. He got it! <laughs> Oh shit! Gary Thorne is a legend. He's, oh, so, he's good. Awesome. so good. Yeah, I don't understand why the Orioles let him go. He was like the one thing people were watching for. Makes no sense. That, that's all you have to look forward to if you're an Orioles fan is is Gary Thorne. Gary Thorne would be a great fit in Boston if uh, O'Brien ever leaves. Yeah, it, it's gonna be Mike Monaco after this. So we yeah, kind of already we already have the guy in the wings because right. right, and that, we're gonna bring. We're also gonna, require them paying somebody. So we're gonna bring him on at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Monaco for Nesson, I feel like he'd be cheaper than like a Gary Thorne or like you know going out and getting someone. Um, and I hope that Nesson actually just listens to the fans this time and like reads the tweets and reads all the nice things that people say about Monaco and how right. they love him when he's on the broadcast. Because if they do and they try to write the ship, then hopefully you know I'm hoping that O'Brien's contract is up and Nesson's just like, hey, listen, like we're not going to give you a raise. Because we have this guy. And, and O'Brien's just like, yeah. all right, well, I'll just go do the ACC, you know, ESPN, whatever, and that'll be the end of it. That'd be great. And then they'll come up to him once his contract's up and they'll say, well, we heard a lot of bad things. We got a lot of negative feedback from this podcast, yeah. NASP. Yes. Um, if you've ever heard of it, um, they said a lot of bad things. And, you know, Don Orsillo agrees. And so we can't, we can't have you anymore. Dio agrees. There's Finnegan's rainbow. Yeah. Right out the door. <laughs> that pot and, of gold and then you fire. let the moment breathe. You just right. silence. You gotta right. let it breathe. Gotta <laughs> let it breathe. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that about um, wraps up uh, this one. Obviously, we had some uh, some news here to to bring everybody. So um, you know, that's kind of catching up on. Um, you know, some of the news that's happened in the last week or so. Um, so yeah, obviously thank you guys again for, um, listening. Last episode was amazing and hopefully you, uh, enjoy the episodes to come here. And, uh, yeah, that wraps up, uh, another one, 12, 12 in for sure. Th thanks for listening everyone. We will see you next week. Yes. Peace. Bye.